0: Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at ConspiracyKyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. This episode is called Various Topics, Rhyming History, and Harry Potter Conspiracies. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about storytelling and, you know, about history in our world. You know, the, the, the phrase is often said, you know, history repeats itself. But I feel a more appropriate phrase is that history rhymes. It, um, certain things come back again. It may not always be the exact same way. But it, um, it, it, it rhymes, and what I mean by that is, if you think about a song, you don't always rhyme the same word with the same word, right? If you say, hell, then the next phrase will be, you know, bell, or well, or something, right? So it's not, you're not repeating, you're rhyming. So, Similar in our world and in storytelling. And I'll start off talking about Star Wars, of course, because what else is new? I'm talking about Star Wars again. I hope you guys aren't sick of it by now but because I, I love talking about it. And I'm very very passionate about talking about it. Um, with Star Wars and with storytelling in general, you know, An- Andrew from the Deep Share podcast joined me a few weeks ago. And we talked about, you know, Joseph Campbell and the, the hero's journey. How a lot of stories follow a similar trajectory, um, you know, from from point A to point B to point C. Uh, so go check out that episode if you want more more context on that specific hero's journey um, element of storytelling. But in in Star Wars specifically, the the movies, the trilogies, they all rhyme. They have a rhyming pattern to them if you if you if you look at it. So look at the original trilogy, and we'll kind of go movie by movie with the, the original trilogy and the prequels. Um, a little bit of, I'll, I'll touch on the sequels a little bit, but. You know, I still need to watch those more. I still need to dive into the novels of those to get a greater context on what what's happening in those stories because it seemed a little disjointed to me. But you know, I've been reading the prequel novels, and those have really helped you know um, bring things into greater focus for me and and show that there was a larger story that you didn't necessarily see. On screen, because there really wasn't enough time to do it. You could see more character motivations and things like that. So I hope will do that with the sequels as well. So I'll touch on the sequels a little bit in this conversation, but not too, too much. Um, the original trilogy, you see Luke Skywalker starting off on a desert planet, right? And desert planet living with his aunt and uncle, no parents. The prequel trilogy, you see Anakin Skywalker growing up on a desert planet with, you know, one parent, a mother, no father. In The Force Awakens, in the first movie of the sequel trilogy, you see Rey growing up on a desert planet. Once again, no no parents. So so that kind of in itself rhymes. And, and of course, in all three of those movies as well, you see a major offensive against a uh, a Death Star or Starkiller base or whatever they attacked above Naboo in The Phantom Menace. There's an offensive against something that they were trying to, to attack. So, so that all rhymes. Um, in the second chapter of each movie, you see each of the characters having certain kinds of visions. So in the original, uh, Empire Strikes Back, the original trilogy, Empire Strikes Back, you see Luke having force visions of Darth Vader, where he, he he fights this, um, ghastly vision of Darth Vader, but he also does have visions of his friends in pain. And similarly in the prequels, Anakin Skywalker in Attack of the Clones, the second chapter, he he sees visions of his mother in pain, and you can even go into the sequel trilogy, The Last Jedi, which uh, you can probably guess is probably not my favorite Star Wars movie, but but even Rey experiences Force visions as well. Um, I don't I don't necessarily have a lot of context around that, but still, same same kind of thing applies. Um, and then in the final chapter, this is where some of the parallels get really interesting in the rhyming nature of it. Um, and we'll leave the sequels out because I think it gets a little convoluted once you get to the final chapter. But in Return of the Jedi, you see at the very end, Luke Skywalker has fought Darth Vader. He's, he, he's a, he defeats Darth Vader in battle, and he's about to kill him. And he throws down his weapon and tells the Emperor, no, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, Darth Vader. He's like, I'm a Jedi, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna kill him, I'm not gonna take, take your place. And so the Emperor starts shocking him with lightning, starts shocking him with lightning, and Darth Vader's standing over to the side, and Luke's saying, Father, help me, help me, please, please help me, and Darth Vader's looking back and forth at both of them, and he ends up killing the Emperor and saving his son Luke. Now flashback to the prequels, in *Revenge of the Sith*, the final chapter of that trilogy, you see Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader in a similar dilemma, but he makes the wrong decision. You know, he 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 enters Palpatine's office, who we all know is the, the Dark Lord that's been, you know, machinating all these political crazy maneuvers throughout the galaxy. He sees Palpatine in the struggle with Mace Windu, one of the Jedi Masters. And Mace Windu is saying, Luke, uh, Luke, he's saying, he's saying, Anakin, you know, Palpatine's a traitor. He's the Dark Lord. You have to kill him. And Palpatine is saying the same thing. No, Mace Windu, the Jedi are evil. The Jedi are evil. And in the end, Anakin sides with Palpatine because he believes that Palpatine can help him save the one that he loves, Padme, his wife, from visions he'd been having of death. So you see the rhyming nature there where in one, in one movie, He's conflicted between two people and he makes the right choice in another movie he's conflicted and he makes the wrong choice so you know the rhyming pattern is what I want to talk about in our world as well I mean it's pretty it's pretty apparent now of what's going on with the control mechanisms in this world the the globalists really want to um set us into into groups set us one against the other vaccinated versus unvaccinated right versus left you know, you can, you can, you can put anything in this, in this paradigm here and see how it's, it's set up, but it's all set up for us to fail and for us to fight. And, and for, for one group of people to be, you know, made to look worse. And you, you see, so the unvaccinated, for example, Um, you know, I just did a podcast with friends from false reality check. And we talked about this a little bit about the vaccinated versus unvaccinated and how that's the same thing that the, the Nazis said about the Jews that they were unclean, etc. You can even go back to biblical times and talk about lepers, how they had to live outside of the colony and they weren't allowed into the villages. So this kind of stuff repeats and repeats and repeats. Well, I guess not repeats, but rhymes, because it's it's a little different um, different machinations each each time this kind of thing comes up. But um, history has a has a way of rhyming with with itself. History is very important. Those, and I think the other phrase goes, those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it. So I just thought that was very interesting of what's going on in our world today with what's happening with the the vaccine and all that stuff, and also how you can see in Star Wars how these stories rhyme and mirror one another, you know, many years distant. So this has been Conspiracy Kyle. May the Force be with you. So last night I went to see a 20th anniversary showing of the original Harry Potter movie. Um, Me and my wife have both been big Harry Potter fans for many years. I remember seeing the original when it came out 20 years ago. She kind of got got into it more recently and we really like and appreciate the films and it's good. It's good fun, I guess, to to a certain extent. Um, But, you know, watching it again, excuse me, watching it again, with, you know, I guess a third, my third eye opened, I'm really noticing a lot of symbolism, story elements, occult, well obviously it's about witches and wizards, so obviously there's occult type stuff in there. But there's a lot of stuff um, that I may be doing some podcast episodes about in the future, so I kinda wanna just go over a few of those quick elements for those of you who are into the Harry Potter um, movies. Um, because I, I know it has a pretty big, pretty big following. You know, it's not, of, of course, I don't like it as much as Star Wars, but um, I, I do appreciate the world and I know quite a bit about it. So, you know, first of all, very similar to the Force when you talk about witchcraft as presented in these movies. You know, there's no God, right? There's no supreme being in these universes. It's really just a, a force, a, a power of force, of will, what have you to bend, you know, the world to your will if you have these magical abilities? You know, in Star Wars, the Force. It's not really, it's not really good or bad. You know, good people do bad things, bad people do good things, but they use the Force whichever way to manipulate it to accomplish their objectives. You know, you can argue that the Jedi, their objectives were pure, and then you can argue that the Sith objectives were evil. But they both bended. That uh, bended the rules um, to to meet their objectives. You know, the the Jedi used the Jedi mind trick, which is basically like a, a mind control. And you know, the Sith used it as well. You know, Kylo Ren used a, kind of a brain uh, a brain thing that he got into people's brains and, and read their thoughts. So both the Jedi and Sith both use similar things like that. Uh, similarly, in Harry Potter, <clears throat> you know, the good characters constantly throughout the first movie, and throughout all of the movies. Are getting into trouble, are not following the rules, are um, you know using magic when they're not supposed to, and it's all kind of you know brushed under the rug because oh it's done with you know good good intentions in mind. So it's kind of a slippery a slippery slope there that you can kind of break the rules, but it's you know to, for a noble a noble cause. Um, so so there's that element of it. You know, then there's the element of you know, and I have to be very careful when I talk about this. I don't want it to be misconstrued as something that it's not. But the um, the goblin bankers. So Gringotts Bank in Harry Potter is a bank run completely by a race of goblins. You know, they're 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 small little goblin-like creatures. They have these pointy ears and very distinguishable goblin-like features, you know, just think of Lord of the Rings, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff, any other mystical fantasy stuff you've seen before the goblins will kind of, you know point out to you right away um, it, it is interesting and you know, I'll kind of I'll, I'll keep this vague, I think you can make your own interpretation of it you know, there are some families in this world that uh, run all the banking um, and that's kind of what they do in, in Harry Potter, the goblins. That's what they do. They run the, the currency, they run the financial world of the, of the w- witches and wizards and, and mythical creatures. So that's kind of an interesting parallel there. I'll kind of leave it at that. You can kind of, you know, look into that yourself to, 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 to know what we're talking about there. Um, another thing too is, um, the idea of the four magical houses. You know, there's Gryffindor, um, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. And of course the evil one, Slytherin, their sigil or their you know, symbol is a snake, which a snake is, of course, a reptile. So you can see right away that the most evil um, families and most evil people fall under this reptilian banner. So that's pretty interesting. You know, they can talk to snakes and, you know, they're typically regarded as somewhat somewhat evil. So you can make your comparisons there with, you know, some of the, the major families in the world or you can get into the whole reptilian thing if you want to. Um, a lot of the families that have been aligned with Slytherin through their school years, um, like the Malfoy family, they are very... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. They're very all about pure blood. You know, they they um, do not want the magical community and them specifically to be diluted with any people that have descendants from anything other than magical um, people. So, for example, Hermione Granger, um, you know, one of the main characters in Harry Potter, her parents are Muggles or you know, non-magic folk. But she's a but she's a, uh, a witch, you know. She she can practice magic, um, but they call her a mudblood because they're saying that she has, you know, they've sullied the race of of magic folk by 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 crossbreeding magic folk and non-magic folk. So you can almost think of the, the Slytherin the Slytherin group as you know eugenicists, you know. Um, you can get into to Nazi type vibes, you can get of all kinds of vibes when you talk about that. So, yeah, I think that's all I had with that. Um there are some other ty- symbolism type things that I that I noticed, you know, some some 666 kind of stuff laced throughout. And I'll have to dive into it a little bit, but you know, I'm sure there's a lot of um, Freemason type stuff in there for for anybody that knows about J.K. Rowling personally, she has a Baphomet tattoo, which you know is that demonic uh, creature. It's very uh, you, you. It's one of those things you may not know it by name, but when you see the picture of it, you know exactly what it is. It has both male and female organs, and I I don't have the exact um, understanding in front of me or, or description of what the Baphomet is or what it or what it represents, but. It's a demonic occult type type creature, so you can kind of see where her or her mindset was. So, anyway, it's just a few quick thoughts on Harry Potter. I think I'll probably dive into more of this stuff going forward. Um, you know, of course, it's 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 witch it's witchcraft. So there's a lot of occult type things in there. So there's a lot to lots to glean into these into these stories. So um, I'll come back with more stuff over the next few weeks on this. Kind of a little you know side quest thing to my conspiracy in the force slash star wars related podcast i'll 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 start talking about harry potter lord of the rings game of thrones some other things um in the future so stay tuned um may the force be with you